let's hop right in. We just, we just dialogued about the fact that there's been a 10-year... I'm going to think about that the whole time. There we go. There's been a 10-year journey um, that we've been on as a community, and we've aged a lot in that time. Um, things are different than when we were super mobile, jumping from, from one place to another, um, or meeting outside in pavilions and along rivers all the time. And there was so much excitement there. Um, and maybe that sounds really great to you now, which some days it does to me. Um, the good old days often sound awesome, don't they? You know that song? Turn back time to the good old days. When our mama sang us to sleep, but now we're stressed out. Um, so is a fascinating song that speaks to kind of where we're going this morning. But we, we learned that getting excited about a cool structure was really great, uh, but different than being committed to pursuing the kingdom of God together, however that looks. Um, and where we are now is kind of a whole different type of beauty. And something happens when you continue to grow up with, with Jesus. Um, God has helped us along the way, and sometimes it's painful, and sometimes I'm, I'm very thankful for it. Things get older and change and mature. It's just the way it works in life, all right? And so do each one of us. Um, but the way that we can handle it can go in one of two directions, right? Like getting older is hard. And it often, and the negative parts of that often take up so much of our, our focus, don't they? Um, just take a listen to this for about a minute. Ian, could you tap that? I lost connection there. Just tap it twice and... Uh... That's what kind of shape I'm in. This is Brian I don't know Regan. about you, but I'm getting to that age where my body's starting to crumble. I'm not making this up, but, like, if something breaks on me, it just kind of stays that way, you know? <laughs> oh, my hip hurts. I guess forever. <laughs> Bang my knee. Guess I'll get used to that pain. <laughs> How you doing, Brian? Not so good anymore. <laughs> Hurting all the time now. I wake up in the morning. Oh, that's right. I hurt. <laughs> I forgot for a 15th of a second. <laughs> Nobody seems to care. I told my doctor, my hip hurts. He's like, yeah. <laughs> Just making small talk, I guess. <laughs> right, well, thanks for coming in today. You're welcome. <laughs> Hobble out. Aging itself is often only seen through the lens of the physical, and it's only seen as something to be complained about. Uh, the, the focus is on what was lost. And there are many losses, no doubt, as years go by in our lives. And, and there are losses that deserve to be mourned. There are. Um, but, but getting in, older in our culture is something that is constantly, actively to be worked against. You ever notice that? Uh, we, we value age-defying makeup. Why? It's impolite to ask somebody's age. Why is that? Have you ever thought about that? Why on earth is it impolite to ask someone's age? Because if someone is understood or seen to be older, then what the guess might be that somehow that's a negative. Think about that. Why is it impolite to ask somebody's age? It's because we have attitudes that older is bad even if we would never say that um, in, our, in our culture. It's something to be embarrassed or put off by. It's fascinating to, to think about, about these things. 
Uh, and it's easier to look back at times and feel like they were better. But the scriptures caution us against that. Um, in uh, Ecclesiastes 7.10, we're told, don't long for the good old days. It's not wise. Don't long for the good old days. It's not wise. Uh, the good old days attitude can, if we're not careful, cause us to miss the gifts of the present. And there are so many gifts that we can claim. Um, at least I believe that's the truth when we're living in God's kingdom. So I want to ask you this morning, how do you view aging? How do you see it? Um, is aging simply a slow fade into oblivion? Is aging a, and this is relevant to all of us, by the way. You might be 19 years old, and there's relevance here. Um, is it just a painful journey toward eternity one day? <laughs> um, you know, that, that seems to be what the message often is around us, Christian or otherwise. We certainly do not see aging as holy, uh, especially if the body starts breaking down, which, by the way, it will eventually, no matter what. So, oh, additionally, additionally, and, and we just need to call this what it is if we're going to get into this, our elders are often viewed as caricatures or burdens or boring peripheral actors on the stage of life rather than as deep sources of wisdom and understanding and relationship that could help us chart our way forward with wisdom and integrity. But the kingdom of God is a countercultural world. It turns the values around us upside down, right? Love is the most powerful force, not violence. Influence is exerted through service, not authoritarian leadership. The meek inherit the earth. The poor are especially and unusually blessed by God. The last are first. It's upside down, right? So how might this upside down kingdom change the way we see aging, change the way we see the years going by? I'd like to submit to you that in God's sight, aging is indeed a holy, holy thing. Um, in the book of Proverbs, um, now if you can throw this up, Thanks. Oh, by the way, yeah, go back to that holy slide. I, I don't have connection at the moment. Yeah, remember, when we talk about holy, we are suggesting that something is, is marked by God and intended to bring us into deeper connection to God and to God's kingdom. So when we say aging is holy, we say there's purpose that God can use to bring us deeper into connection um, with his world and, and with God. So, yes, so take a look at... Um, at Proverbs 29, 20, the glory of the young is their strength, but the gray hair of experience is, is the splendor of the old. There is splendor from what aging represents. The life experience that is added to a human being as the years go by change things, and it's to be valued at least over and over in the wisdom literature of our scriptures. In Deuteronomy 32, remember the days of old and consider the generations long past. Ask your father, he will tell you, your elders, and they will explain to you. Note that it doesn't just say remember and reflect. It specifically says, go out and ask for understanding that you might not have otherwise. Go out and ask those in another generation. How did you experience things? What can you help me see? Sometimes it seems in my, in my mind as I was thinking about this that with the renewed value of the young in our culture, which was crucial and is crucial, and the important... Um, understanding that like we don't just say well you're young and eventually you'll have a voice but that young people are the voice right now are a voice that it's possible that the pendulum swings so far that the 
beauty of eldership is actually lost in there because the emphasis sometimes becomes on so much what young people have to offer that the wisdom, the experience, the insights of the older are overlooked. And sometimes I, I wonder if, uh, if we need to be able to hold these two things um, together um, as, we, uh, as we walk as disciples. So there's all this stuff together, right? Our, our own experiences and what God does as years go by, as well as how we value our brothers and sisters with extra years of maturity. So it's our own journey, and it's how we see other people that matter today. Um, so to help us practice what we're preaching, I have some friends that I would like you to hear some, something from. Uh, and they're your friends too, for many of you. So uh, Rob and Cammie, come on up and have a seat. And what we're going to do is I'll grab a couple of microphones. All right. So we'll have three and five, whoever has the sound. Ben. Oh, okay. I thought Ben had it. We're good. Check, check. Check. All right, perfect. There you go. So, um, so here's, here's the, the question that I, I asked. Um, I'll leave that here. That I asked these two to think about. And Rob and Cammie have been a part of our family for quite some time and, um, and bring so much relationally to, to who we are. And I'm not just... Uh, I'm not calling them old, by the way, um, when I have them up here. I mean, I am, but just not publicly in front of you when I talk with them alone. But, but no, uh, I have heard them and seen them specifically processing this topic over the years. Um, we've had lots of conversations where we talk about those who've gone before. I've heard, I know the stories of both of your parents and families, <laughs> as well as your own perspective um, on, in life. So what I, what I asked uh, Rob and Cammie to do is um, specifically say, as followers of Jesus, in what ways have you come to experience your aging as holy? Because it, it does change when we view this in light of God and God's kingdom. It totally changes how we understand these things. There are certainly principles that go across any understanding uh, or, or ethos, but there's something unique. And so, um, so we want to kind of say, what, what happens as we grow older with Jesus, and, and how can maybe that change how we understand our process of this journey? So, yeah, um, as followers of Jesus, where have you seen or experienced aging as, as holy? Someone want to hop in and begin us, and then we'll just kind of go from there? That's a big question, I understand. Okay. Um, first of all, I want to tell you how funny and how much Rob and I have laughed <laughs> about, about being invited to uh, talk about this <clears throat> topic. <clears throat> but um, we do consider it a real gift, in um, most particularly uh, in that... Um, we have seen uh, a lot of um, people growing older, and, <laughs> and as it turns out, we are too. <laughs> but um, I think the holiness of aging, you know, we've seen uh, primarily uh, in people around us. We've had a great gift of being very close to um, Rob and I both, our grandparents, our aunts and uncles, um, 
our parents, and, um, and now we've had the gift having to do with um, Keith's invitation um, to think about the holiness of growing older in our own lives. And it um, uh, turns out there's lots of good news <laughs> and lots to look forward to. And um, as we were thinking about this with Keith, I would say um, the thing that has happened over time is um, with seeing um, those around us growing older and um, how different that's looked to different, you know, different folks. Um, we've thought more about, or I've thought more about, the gift of having uh, a resurrection at the center of our faith because it's just a fact of life that the longer you live, the more you experience uh, death, whether it's death of um, uh, your vision of your own life or a marriage or a child or, yeah, just your vision of your own life. Um, and then you see it in the natural world, always. Um, you know, the, the, the process of both resurrection, but death that precedes it. Yeah, one of the things that you told me um, as we were talking that I, I found amazing, you said the more you live, the more resurrections you experience. Exactly. And so with, with those exactly. deaths, with eyes of, of faith and maturity, um, I, I just found that, that statement profound to, to think yeah. about right. um, as people of resurrection. That is true. And, you know, and resurrection doesn't look like, you know, we don't always recognize it. <laughs> it sometimes takes a while to recognize it. Yeah. But it is definitely part of the holiness <laughs> of growing older. Yeah. Rob, why don't you weigh in on some things now? Um, what's, what's one or two of the ways that you've seen uh, aging as, as holy? Uh, there's a lot I could say. <laughs> I was going to say what she said, but she already said it. <laughs> I can't believe I agreed to do this, to tell you the truth. I can't believe it. But, but I am really happy to be part of this community. I am so grateful to be part of this community. And I'll tell you this, when Keith first asked to ask me to, if I would speak about the holiness of aging, he said, not that you're old. And there's a lot in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody told me not to roast Keith. So. <laughs> I, I do see the hypocrisy in that statement. No, I mean, I hear this, you. this no. is what he said earlier is true. It's part of our culture, but yeah. I don't want to talk about that. What mm -hmm. I want to talk about is my experience in aging. And um, I'm 68. So in anybody's book, that's old. I'm an old man. So, um, to put it in perspective, when I was 10 years old, I remember being in an elementary school classroom on a Friday afternoon when our teacher got this look on her face and told us, the president has been killed and we all get to go home early. And that was President Kennedy. And we were just so happy to go home early. It was like, yay! 
can this happen every Friday? <laughs> I was 10, but you know when you're a teenager, you look at your parents and they're the only way you know to be an adult. They're the only adults, that's the only way you know to be adult. And then you get a little older as a teenager and you realize there's other ways and they might be better than what my parents are doing. And then you try it out yourself in your 20s and you're trying out adulting and the world is kind of new and then you get in your 30s and you remember being a teenager and you remember being in your 20s. You know what I'm talking about? And I remember, you know, turning 40 and going, okay, that part's over with. And I'm kind of glad. All that young stuff was kind of a pain to me. It was no, not as much fun. Every decade I've been alive has been better than the last decade. And that's still true in this decade. It's, it's always gotten better for me. And um, when, I, when we started coming, that picture you saw there, we were, I was already 60 when we joined this church, when we joined this community. So everybody here has only known me when I was in my 60s. But there's another church in Juneau that knew me when I was uh, a different kind of person in my mid-30s, in my 40s, before I got in. I'm a recovering drug addict. Before I got in recovery, they knew me then. There's a church up there that knew me then. And they still love me, <laughs> they said. <laughs> but unlike other, I mean, so, I don't know. I feel like I'm wearing a disguise a little bit. You know, I've been bald longer than I wasn't. I've been bald a long, long time. I've had a, one of the beauties of this, uh, the, one of the holinesses of aging is that it goes so slow that you get used to getting into the next phase. I've gotten used to being, I had all, most of my 30s and 40s to get getting used to being a bald guy. And now the jokes just roll off my bald head like <laughs> it doesn't matter, you know? It's like my dad said, God only made a few perfect heads and he wanted everybody to see him. <laughs> so, but like Cammy was saying, we've experienced quite a few, you know, when I was younger, our, our grandparents died and we were like, well, this is real, wow. Maybe I'm gonna die, maybe, not really. And then you see your parents getting older. And I saw my parents getting older and I was there when they died. I was with Cammy, near Cammy's parents as they got older. I knew her dad only when he was in his 80s because this is not my first marriage, it's just my best marriage. <laughs> but um, I watched how he decided to grow old. I watched how her mother decided to grow old. It was beautiful. Everybody I watched grow old and die didn't choose to do so beautifully, I have to tell you. There's a lot of ways to do it, there's more than two. There's a lot of ways to do it. And all of that is God giving me um, the gift of instruction about my choices. Almost all of you are going to outlive me. 
I say almost because I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure all of you are going to outlive me. And there's a lot of peace in that for me. There's a lot of... Um, as I've gotten older, my faith has grown. I just read... A, um, one author I just read, Annie Proulx, said about one character that her faith had moved from her head to her heart. And that's been my experience. That my faith has moved from my head to my heart. And it's gotten stronger over the years. It's not through anything great I've done. It's just gotten stronger over the years. My faith, I don't fear death. I more think of the deaths that I've experienced as being advisors to me. They advise my living. My death is my advisor. And it helps me uh, really appreciate, you know, the life we have together, the joy that we have now. We're in a great part of life, let me tell you. We're in a great part of life. I couldn't imagine a happier couple than we are. Um, Can I bring up a statement that you told me, Rob? I, I want to say... Yeah, go ahead. Maybe this is it. Yeah. I'm facing mental decline. I'm going to get forgetful. I might have Alzheimer's. I might get dementia. Probably will. I may already have some of those symptoms. I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> That's what she says with a mic in her hand. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like as my mental capacity declines, I have a faith that I can rely on that will help hold me up. As I feel like God has given me a faith over the decades that will help me as I can't, as I become unable to rely on my logic and reasoning and my mental processes. So, is that what you were going to ask? Yeah, about? I'm going to bring something else up in a second, but yeah, that was one of them. Um, we, when, when you had mentioned that, you know, one of the things that my, my grandfather, before he passed away, and he was a pastor for his whole life, he's the, we have two pastors in the family. He's one of them. Um, and, uh, and he told me shortly before he died, he said, I've got less, less certainty than I've ever had before about my belief systems, but I've got more peace with God than ever before. Yeah. And, and I've sat with that now for, I don't know, 10 years, probably, yeah, 10 years, um, in that, that statement, because it wasn't, it wasn't, I have doubts and I'm confused. I mean, there might have been doubts as a part of that, but that wasn't what he was saying. He was saying that, that my need to have everything figured out in order to be at peace or my need to hold on to, to, to the mental aspects of my faith is not as significant as knowing God and walking through with God. And I, I've just sat with that for a long time because I think um, the figuring out of things often takes up a lot of our energy when we're, um, when we're younger. One of the things that I, I think, Rob, you had mentioned these decades, right? And the way that we talk about it sometimes is, or the way that you talk about it is, there have been many Robs. There have been many Robs. And one of the gifts of being older is that you have more Robs in your life than I have Keiths in mine. 
and like as advisors, right? But, but one of the things that you said was, you said, the more Robs there are, the more compassion I have for other people. And I found that absolutely profound to think the more, the more of, yeah, do you want to weigh in on, unpack that at all? I mean, it's, to me, it's clear, but go ahead if you'd like to. Well, it's give true. I'm like there. everybody else, and I am quick to judge other people and really slow to judge myself, you know? Um, I'm just quick to judge and quick to condemn and quick to think the worst of people, and I have to counteract that. And the longer I've lived, um, the easier that becomes to counteract it. I have these first thoughts, you know, and I have to think, like, for example, in traffic, you're driving in traffic and you, somebody does something and you think, really? <laughs> and then you think, oh, well, I've done worse than that today, right? <laughs> I've done worse than that a minute ago and I forgave myself quickly. So, but I'm, it's, when I see people in the world, I can more easily imagine what they're going through. We had a meeting the other morning and he came and he said, oh, it's just been so busy this morning. We had to do this, we had to do this. The kids were like this. And I said, and this is the first minute you've been able to take a breath all day, isn't it? And he said, yeah. And I'm like, I know exactly what that feels like. There were a lot of days I got to work and it was like, finally, I can relax for a second, <laughs> right? Um, the work is such a blessing. The office was even a blessing. But it's, yeah, it seems easier for me to counteract the negativity I may be thinking and substitute it with compassionate thoughts about what people may be going through, but people um, may be going through. Hmm. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Cammie, I want to ask, I've got one more question for the both of you, but I want to bring something up, Cammie, that you mentioned earlier. You had mentioned uh, Paul's words in 2 Corinthians as being particularly meaningful and powerful to you as you thought about this, and that's um, 2 Corinthians 12. Mel, you can put it up. Uh, and it's, it's Paul talking about his own, what's which I think is a deep gift, by the way, his thorn in the flesh, which we never find out what it is. Because now that we never truly know what this thing is that he struggles with, and I was just talking to somebody who was convinced that it was his, that it was his broken down body because of what he had been through. Other people think it was a traveler that was just a pain in the butt that traveled with him all the time and nagged him. Some people think it was his past because he was an accomplice to murder. But nobody knows but it's something that he has to carry with him throughout his life. And he's praying to God and saying, God, I, I, uh, this is just killing me. And the message isn't, hey, I'm going to save you from it. The message that God gives is, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I'll boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power might rest on me. How do you see that as speaking to the journey of, uh, of aging? Well, you know, our bodies do, um, well, eventually completely evict us, but they <laughs> do um, fail us, you know, at different points. But, um, you know, what, what I've begun to notice, especially um, in the last several years, is that God places joy and peace 
and what I would call real power in the most unexpected circumstances. Mm -hmm. So when I become or find myself in a place of being distracted by my weakness, my complete inability to do anything about the things that I care most in life about, like circumstances. Our kids are all adults now, but our concern for our children, it doesn't go away, and yet we know we can't, you know, fix it. You know, there are circumstances in our country right now that are so um, concerning, and there's just a lot, you know, that makes you feel or puts you in touch with how weak, you know, we are. Mm -hmm. And then again, back mm -hmm. to our, our very own bodies, mm -hmm. you know, put us in touch with um, weakness. And so, again, learning to trust God mm -hmm. more and more, that that's where... Um, that's the author. God is the author of all peace, all true power, mm -hmm. and, um, and joy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've often thought that the mark, the mark of the, the true fruit of the Spirit coming out of our lives is when it doesn't look like the world expects it'll look, right? It's when patience emerges, not in a situation where patience is easy, but where it's radical. It's where peace emerges. I've, I've seen the fruit of the Spirit more in people who have been hit with limitations mm -hmm. than I have in very capable people, mm -hmm. right, who should be able to accomplish certain things. But the ones who are able to walk with joy and peace and groundedness in the midst of limitations. And part of this journey is that we learn to embrace limitations and trust that God's grace is sufficient in the midst of it. And I've seen that, you know, in in your lives and in the conversations that we've had. Um, you know, because we talk about the physical stuff, Rob. We talk about how the shoulder gets in the way of basketball, right? And things like that. And, and learning that that is not the end all of our joy and peace is more profound than we might think because it does move others to places of despair. Um, yeah. So a good friend of mine in, in Juno um, like to say that what we focus on grows. Whatever we focus mm. our attention on, that grows. So if you hear, I have aches and pains, <laughs> you know. I have injuries that doctors have said, yeah, you don't want to get that fixed. You're, you're good, and, which was hard to hear. But you've all got aches and pains, too. You've all got thorns that you live with. And so if you hear me going through a litany of how where my aches and pains are, if you hear me giving an organ recital, stop me, <laughs> stop me, because I don't want to focus on that. I want to focus on the parts of my life as I age, particularly, that are more joyous, that are more um, life-giving, <laughs> I guess. So uh, one quick question to end our time, um, and you don't need to answer long, but... Um, how, how has the process of the decades going by and the years going by and watching who you've watched, how, does it, how has it affected your view of eternity? Of eternity? Yeah. Well, 
I'll have to say, just real quickly, kind of a funny story is my mom had a great faith and she loved to talk about when she was going to die and go to heaven to the point that it was really disturbing to my boys. I'd say, Grandmother, can't we talk about something else? But anyway, so one time I had taken my mom, who could hardly walk, but she could, I had taken her to visit my aunt, who had been in uh, bed for I don't know how many years, very devout, you know, flew around the country. She had speaking engagements. She was, um, uh, you know, she had, was a very gifted speaker, and then she had um, a car accident. Anyway, it left her in bed for many, many years. And um, anyway, so I would take them. They were very close, and I loved each other deeply. I took them, you know, my mom over to visit my aunt, and I remember my mom going on about that, about how she couldn't wait uh, you know, to to pass on and go to heaven. And, and my aunt, who was 92 at the time and had been bedridden for like maybe 30 years, 20, 30 years, mm -hmm. something like that, she said, Ellen, don't you think we still have work to do? And it was the truth. Mm -hmm. They were both in beautifully inspiring mm -hmm. people. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, and, the, and the one other thing that that same aunt said one time to me, she said, the things I've worried about the most in life never happened. Mm -hmm. And she had some very challenging circumstances, but she was, you know, late in her mm -hmm. 80s, I believe, when she told me that, and I've held on to that in so far, you know, it's been true hmm. for me. Yeah. But the answer to what do we think about eternity, kind of like my mom, I can't wait, but I believe we have work to do. Hmm. So. Do you want to add anything to that? How Rob? could I add to that? I know, that's Holy a pretty killer cow. final statement there. I get to live with her, you know? <laughs> Isn't that awesome? It's, well, you know, we're talking about the whole is how aging is holy right and we're we're limiting it to our age which is older but when you talk about eternity every age is holy every age of every one of you the age you're in right now is holy it's a holy time and i think eternity is all around us regardless of what age we are right now, especially if we're older, especially if we're older, because I don't feel different inside than I did when I was 12, really. And if you ask Cammie, my sense of humor is still 12. <laughs> so I'll leave it at that. Thank you both for uh, sharing your thoughts and giving us some insight onto to this. Deeply appreciate who you are. So, so I'm going to um, just take some of what we just talked about and some of what um, we had talked about earlier in, in conversations with these two and just some reflections to, to offer you some encouragements as we kind of look at this in affecting each one of us. Um, and... Hopefully, let's see if I can get my connection back. That would be really wonderful. All right, great. 
I, we mentioned earlier that there are different ways to age, and if we have our eyes on Jesus, then it will change how we approach each year as it goes by. Um, and so, so I want to just offer a couple of quick touch points for you to take with you um, in just a couple of ways. As, how Jesus changes our experience of aging, we have an opportunity, right? As, as our bodies break down is one of the things that we've been talking about. We can either move toward despair or toward the peace that Jesus promises, right? Like, like Cammie said, there was an opportunity um, to experience deeper grace in our limitations. Uh, even Paul is talking about um, in 2 Corinthians 4, he says, even though our bodies are dying, even though we are feeling beat up, our spirits are being renewed every day. There's something that, that happens spiritually when we submit to Jesus in the midst of whatever's happening physically that is bigger and more beautiful. Um, but also, as we gather more experiences of failure or suffering, we can move toward bitterness or we can move toward trusting God's grace. So as we experience our own failures, as we experience our struggles in life, if our eyes are on Jesus and if we are walking in a relationship where we know that we are loved, created in God's image, never, never separated from who God is, then we'll be able to move toward God's grace rather than a life that is characterized by bitterness of all that has been has been lost. And again, I'll just remind you of 2 Corinthians there um, that we had talked about before. Also, as the years go by, and this doesn't have to do with, um, this just is about, you know, from the age of 12 to 15 or from the age of 75 to 90, uh, as certain assumptions that we've made about life, about faith, about God, whatever, prove false, that can move us toward anger or deeper truth-seeking. There are things within our life where when we realize as we grow up, things that we were taught, things that we assume, and they break down. Many of you came from faith experiences where you were told certain things, and then they came to be tested and they proved not to be true. And that can lead you toward a life that is characterized by anger, I was misled, or I wasn't given the whole story, or it can lead us to a life where we lean into truth-seeking. So let me continue as I walk with Jesus to find out what is the deepest truths in life what, and, and, and what's, what's trustworthy and how is God trustworthy and how are the scriptures trustworthy, <clears throat> all of these things. Um, and then finally, as we come to know what matters through these decades, we can move toward prideful certainty or humble conviction. So as the years go by and we gain more Keiths, more Robs, more Cammies, more Matts, you know, whatever you are, as we gain more, you will have a sense of understanding things at deeper levels right? I see this now. There's so many people that when they talk about like the, you know, having babies, <laughs> I'm like, I, like, like was mentioned, I know how that feels. I know how it feels to have multiple kids that can't walk in the house and how crazy is that? I could be like, so I know, I know exactly, exactly what you're feeling and what you're supposed to do about it. Or, you know, we can do that, these things spiritually as well. I've got this, this figured out about God. We can move toward prideful certainty, I've got it all together because I've experienced so much more than you or humble conviction. I've walked a journey. I've learned some things. And so here's what I hold on to and why. And it doesn't have to be a, an in-your-face attitude or an arrogant attitude towards somebody else. So I encourage you toward those things. And then when we do this, I'm just zipping through this so that we can wrap our time up because that was, that was what mattered this morning the most. But when we lean toward Jesus and find that each season brings remarkable beauty and depth and transformation, um, our aging can become holy when it does these things, when it increases our capacity for compassion, 
when we seize opportunities to experience more of God, and when we use it as a chance to share and make space for God's faithfulness among a new generation. We talked about the first two. I'm just going to mention the last one. There's this story that goes throughout and played a significant role in the scriptures um, when Paul is on one of his missionary journeys. He encounters a boy, a teenage boy, whose name's Timothy, and he sees that Timothy has this, this heart for God. And so what he does is he essentially says, Timothy, I want to travel with you. I want to lean into encouraging you. He becomes what, what he calls later as a spiritual son in 1 Timothy 2. Here's, here's how he starts his letter to Timothy. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that's in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son. Timothy was not his son, not physically. To Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Uh, we have an opportunity. I, I heard, I've heard this, and it's kind of a pithy saying, so I kind of buck against these things, but there's a lot of truth to it, that, that life changes when we have a Paul and when we have a Timothy in our lives. And so I would use that to encourage you to think, is there someone or someones that are older in your own life like a Timothy, that you see some of the impacts of their faith and their maturity, and you say, you know what, I want to hear more of your stories. I want to learn more of just the wisdom that you have. You don't have to be perfect, and you certainly don't have to see everything on the same level, on the, have the same understandings or opinions about everything, but there's, there's value in there. Equally, are there people in your life that you could encourage in a different way by leaning into their, um, to, to who they are and offering simple, humble encouragement connecting, where they could use another person who's not in their life stage who can speak to the way of Jesus um, into them. So, so maybe receive God's invitation to learn from the wisdom and experience of older disciples or God's invitation to speak encouragement and wisdoms into the lives of, of others. Uh, so take a moment and think where you've changed in the last 5, 10, 15 years. Maybe the pain you've walked through, maybe how God shaped you through it the assumptions or the attitudes that you had a decade or two ago or last year. There's beauty in the passing of the years in our spiritual journey if we continue to walk with Jesus through it. Um, and that relationship goes, yeah, it goes deeper as the years go by. So I guess the question is, what, what will you do with something like this? How will maybe it change the way you talk about your own experience? How will it change the way you see parents and grandparents? Um, how will it change how you see the generation coming next? Uh, 